0: Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Yanks and the same old Yanks that they are, and maybe a quick update on Saquon and the Giants. So let's go ahead and get started. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the Yankees, and it would be great to actually come on here and talk about the Yankees in a positive way, or have something to say that would be enjoyable, uplifting, positive. And I want to do that, but at the same time, this is a podcast where it's a no-holds-barred podcast. So I'm not here to pump anyone up. I'm not here to put anyone down. I'm just here to tell the truth. And once again, it's the same old Yanks, right? And if you watch Sunday Night's Game... Luis Severino couldn't even get out of the first inning or even couldn't even get out of one out in the first inning before the Yanks were losing 5-0. It was just ridiculous. It was one of the worst starting pitching performances he's had. And that's saying something because he's been just awful. He probably pitched himself out of a starting pitching role this year for the Yanks. That might be the last time we see Severino start for the Yankees this year or ever. Who knows? Depends on how things go. He pitched so bad that it's hard to imagine when Nestor Cortez comes back soon that Severino will have a spot in this rotation. He's going to have to go to the bullpen. He's going to have to do something else. But he was such a disaster, and he continues to be such a disaster, that it's hard to put any kind of positive spin on this, even if you wanted to. His ERA is, is atrocious, and what can you say? I don't know what you can say. I don't have a reason for it. I don't know why he's so bad. Everyone... Thought, you know, he took too long in rehab, you know, him and the Yankees being their usual overpatient self waited forever to bring him back. And then when he did come back, this is the result we got. So I have someone who told me before the season that this Yankees starting rotation might be the best in baseball. And um <laughs> it's it's about the farthest possible thing you could say from the best starting rotation in baseball. You have Garrett Cole who's been awesome, and then you have the rest of the team who's who's been a disaster starting pitching, right? I mean, you have Rodon, who's been terrible and now has had one good start. You have Nestor Cortez, who was terrible and then has been on the I.L. You have Herman who pitched the one perfect game, but otherwise has been really awful. You have Severino, who's been pretty damn terrible with no mitigating words to talk about. Um, and then you have Schmidt, who probably has been our second best starter, believe it or not. After all the shit that I gave Schmidt in the beginning of the year, um, he's really turned out to be quite a consistent starter over the last two months. He's really been reliable and um, has pitched very, very well. So um, as ridiculous as it sounds, he might be our number two starter at this point. Although officially, of course, it's Rodone as a number two starter. Um, he better continue to produce, by the way, Radon, because one pretty good outing does not make up for anything. Being injured the whole year and then coming out with two shit starts after he was injured. So we'll see. And another thing, by the way, I don't know if you guys follow social media or whatever, but every time Radon has a bad start and there's fans get on him, his wife starts tweeting and going on Instagram and trying to back him up. And like the last thing I want to see from Major League Baseball players or any sports players is their significant others talking back to fans who complain about them. Just leave it alone and let fans cheer your your husband or complain about your husband without you buttoning. in. I mean, unless you're playing, I don't want to hear your opinion on anything, to be quite honest with you. All right. So that's the starting pitching. What we have now is... You know, And by the way, that end of that game on Sunday night was a 9-3 loss to the Baltimore, who is clearly a better team than us. They're an up-and-coming team. They have a team with a $60 million payroll and is way, way better than the Yankees, who have about a $280 million payroll. The $60 million payroll of Baltimore is tremendous. They're all young. They have a lot more young people that aren't even in the majors yet. And they're already better than us. They have a tremendous stud closer who looks like he could be like a, an offensive lineman on the Giants and said he's this gigantic closer who's tremendous, throws like 102 miles an hour. Is just brilliant. It's a good team. The catcher was leading off yesterday, which is amazing. Um, Baltimore Orioles are, are a good success story. Um, it's a route that the Yankees would never, ever follow because that would mean, you know, trading away for youth, and the Yanks refuse to do that. As this trade deadline approaches, this is being recorded on Monday. Tuesday at 6 p.m. is the MLB trade deadline. Who knows what the Yanks are doing? They've sat still here. So at this point, all of the players that they could have gotten to help them, or most of them, have been traded to other teams. um, And if they wanted to sell... Which, again, I don't think they will. They probably waited too long because other teams have probably gotten players that they wanted rather than Yankee cast offs. Again, I, you've heard this on this podcast many times how Gleyber Torres should be traded. The Yanks probably won't do it. But there are, you know, problems with this team that go beyond Judge not being in the lineup. And we've talked about them and Stanton, Rizzo, and who underperforming this year have really just certainly killed this team, in addition to some pitching problems lately. Stanton, let's talk about the last 40 games. The last 40 games. People are praising Stanton lately because he has a couple homers. 174 he's batting in his last 40 games. Who gives a shit about a couple homers in the last couple games? He's batting 174 over a period of a month and a half. 40 games, he's batting 174. Anthony Rizzo, in his last 40 games, batting 177. 177. This is as of today, July 31st. D.J. LeMayhew batting 214 in his last 40 games. Also dreadful for him. That's almost as bad as Rizzo hitting 177, because LeMayhew is such a good hitter. 174, 174, 214, batting average over the last 40 games for those three. It's very, very hard for a team to win with established, good-hitting veterans hitting at that kind of clip. Now, obviously, or I would think it's obvious they won't hit that way for the rest of the year, but whether they do or they do not, this team is not built in a way that's conducive to beating any kind of good, young, athletic teams in the playoffs. There are consistent and systematic Issues with the management of this team in the way that the team is built and the way that they use analytics that led to where the Yankees are now. And that's a situation where they are stuck. The Yanks are stuck because there's not a lot of things they can do. They don't have a lot of good assets to trade, meaning, even if they wanted to sell, the pieces that they want to sell aren't even that attractive to other teams. So it'd be hard to get a good return, other than, say, Glaber Torres. I mean, if they wanted to trade off some pitchers, they have a lot of good relief pitchers. They could trade, you know, maybe people think Michael King would be really good or, I don't know, Marinaccio or someone. You have to find assets that will return young, good players for the future. You have to not clog up the infield and you have to let some of the youngsters come to the majors, get Gleyber Torres out of the way, so you can have Volpe at short, Perrault at second, maybe the other way around, and start building your middle infield of the future, right? Stop clogging it up with Labor Torres being there, right? You have to have some young people playing the outfield. You have to have athletic people playing. You have to have better pitching. Now, trading away seven young pitchers in the last two years for Frankie Matas and Joey Gallo really, really depletes your young pitching staff. So there's not a ton of youngsters that can be brought up. But you know what? We brought up what? Vasquez, who was really good, and Brito has been not as good. But we've had a couple really, really good starts from Vasquez the the, the couple times that he was brought up. Now, will the Yankees take this approach and try to build for the future? There's just no chance. There's just too much... Paying attention to the wrong things by Cashman and, of course, by Boone. What this team needs as far as hitting is lefty hitters. And it could be as simple as that. You have a very short portion right field. Yankee Stadium is made for lefties. Just having a few more lefty hitting players is a really good thing. Even if they're not home run hitters, it's just conducive to lefty hitters. And we had one last year in attending that they let go this year. We talked about that in the last podcast. There's plenty of other lefty hitters out there that can, you know, do damage that the Yankees don't have. We're a predominantly right-handed hitting team. And the, and the league is a predominantly right-hand pitching team. So that that's what happens. You have predominant righties, right? You're facing all the time against... A Yankee lineup that's mostly righties. Now, they put some backup lefties in who are lesser players on occasion, but we don't really have the list of switch hitters that we used to have back in the day. We don't have lefty hitters that are good other than Rizzo, uh, except for the last two months. And it's cost the Yanks over the years. Glaber has certainly hit this year. I don't want to get down on him too much for his hitting, but we've talked enough about his disaster of defense and his lack of effort both in the field and on the bases, and just his mind-numbingly ignorant mental breakdowns and, and lapses mentally, both in the field and on the bases, where he's running through signs, tagging up when he shouldn't, not tagging up when he should, trying to take the extra base, going to the wrong base, not covering. There's not a lot more you can say about Glaber other than his decent hitting this year. But 264 will, you know, only get you so far. And by the way, if you watch Sunday's game, Gleyber Torres did not hit again in the clutch. He hits home runs when there's no one on base or when the game is, you know, 6-1 to one in either direction. But he's got that whole A-Rod thing when Arod was on the Yanks in that in a tie game or close game with two outs and runners on, he's not getting a hit. And he hasn't done that in quite a long time. Even though his batting average is still decent. He has not gotten a clutch hit, meaning when we really need it, for a long time. And he had two situations on Sunday before there was a complete blowout that he could have actually contributed to the Yankees starting to come back. And he didn't do that. But, you know, what are you going to say? I don't have too much more to say on the Yanks because there's only a finite amount of things you can say about the Yankees at this point. Before we start to get repetitive and before we start to, you know, discuss things that everyone at, inherently knows at this point. And that's that this team is not winning any championships. This team is not going far in the playoffs, if we even get in. And this team has set its goals way, way too low. You know, trying to sneak into a third wild card, for example, as if that's some kind of effort here. The team needs to set its goals high. The team needs to take a long-term strategy. And a team needs systemic change from the inside out. And that means Cashman has to go. Boone has to go. We have to stop looking at certain analytics and start just being real. Who are the athletic players? Who's fast? Who makes contact? And you know what? If they're lefties, maybe bring them in here on top of all that if they're lefty because it's Yankee Stadium. Sometimes GMs and analytics people outthink themselves, right? They're looking at piles and piles of information instead of actually seeing what's in front of their face. And I think this is caught up to the Yankees and I think it's right in front of all of our faces as fans, but it's just that the GM can't see it. And that's all I have to say about the Yanks. I want to go ahead and just touch very, very briefly on the Giants before I'm out of here today.